Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Project MedTech. I am your host, Dwayne Mancini. If you enjoy this podcast, please do us a favor, subscribe, leave a review, and share on your network. As always, if you need to get a hold of the podcast for any reason, whether it be to get connected with a previous guest, recommend a future guest, or take advantage of our network, please email us at projectmedtechpodcast at gmail.com. My guest today is Chris DuPont. Chris is a CEO and co-founder of Galen Data. Galen is a platform that is configurable, scalable, FDA-compliant cloud that supports a visualization and predictive analytics for connected medical devices. In this episode, we discuss the mission, the history of Galen, and challenges that medical devices that are trying to be connected to the cloud will face in the market moving forward. So without further ado, my discussion with Chris DuPont. Medical innovation starts with medical discussion. Talking about the future and what comes next with Project MedTech. Chris, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It's great for, for to be here, and thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mentioned in your bio, you're the, the CEO and, and co-founder of uh, Galen Data, or Galen Data, however you want to say it. Um, do you wish want to, let's, let's just do a brief introduction to, to what Galen is, and, uh, and, and we'll go from there. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and again, thanks for the opportunity. Galen Data is purpose-built for the medical device industry. We are a configurable, scalable medical device platform for connecting medical devices to an FDA compliant cloud. Vision one is to get devices connected, which we have done and doing. Vision two is to use predictive analytics to predict when device failures are going to happen, and even more importantly, predict health issues in patients. And uh, that's the vision two that we're starting to grow out now. And it's, it's really unbounded and, and super exciting. Okay, great. And, 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 you know, so when was, when was uh, Galen founded? Was it 2016? 20, we were incorporated October 2016, and we released our MVP product about a, a year and a half later. Okay, so I want to talk about your history um, and, and, and how you got, got here, because I think that's important for, for the audience to understand of, of how you've, you know, got to Galen. So, so maybe, you know, take us back, uh, you know, to how you started your career and, and work us way. Cause I, when we talked about this, um, on the, when we first met, uh, I found it fascinating on, on, on your kind of story and, and how it tied into to your current venture. So sure. I'm, I'm a kid that always took things apart, worked on tricycles, bicycles, motorcycles, and eventually airplanes. And so I uh, was curious on how things work. That led mm -hmm. to me to getting a master's in electrical engineering. Always wanted to work for NASA. So I was able to, I cold called all the NASA sites and got a job here in Houston with IBM working on Space Station Freedom back in 92. And, and um, it was a great experience. Uh, met some astronauts, got, I was part of the, the uh, what we call the Nifty 50 Pirates that built the new control center, the Blue Ficker flight control room for NASA. Okay. Uh, you know, it was, it was almost a religious experience for me because I walked the same halls as Neil Armstrong, Gus Grissom, used the same coffee pots, uh, went into the original control room where they, they, you know, put, you know, a human being on the moon. Super cool. Um, but, you know, I, I have this, you know, this itch to do entrepreneurialism and 
that took me to a company called um, Cybronics. We built a first ever neurostimulator, a fully class three implantable device to treat a neurological disorder. Never ever approved by the FDA until Cybronics was able to do it. So we were the first device ever to get cleared by the FDA to treat a neurological disorder. Okay, and, <clears throat> real quick on that. So how, how, how big was the company when you- so when We you were, were less than, we were pre-revenue. Uh, we just got our clearance about the time I joined and we were less than 70 people. Wow. And wow. Uh, we were, you know, and, and I didn't know a thing about medical device. One of the reasons I joined, uh, uh, I, I do things, I usually jump in with both feet. And so I had the software skills, engineering skills, but I didn't even know how to spell FDA at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was all in. And then to know that this device was treating a neurological disorder was for epilepsy. And, you know, the cool thing was, is that before, you know, we were sending commands to the space shuttle or space station in low Earth orbit at 250 miles. Mm -hmm. In this case, we were sending commands to inner space, an implantable device at two and a half inches. The culture is the same. The, the risk environment is very similar to space and medical device, and that if we mess up, we can hurt people. And so it was a natural transition from a design perspective, a formal software development perspective, going from NASA to medical device. It was a natural transition. And, you know, one thing I always identified with NASA is it's bigger than any one person, right? We're exploring mm -hmm. space. We're discovering unknowns. Medical device is exactly the same thing. Using science and technology, we're helping people and we're discovering unknowns. And to be involved with a company that did a first, you know, the word disruptive is often used and abused in the entrepreneurial space. But what Cybronics did was truly revolutionary. And it, we had to create the market, we had to create the codes, everything. And I was just a software engineer. I wasn't a C-level person. I was just a grunt that was in charge of the physician programmer that programmed the implantable device. But okay. it was quite the experience. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned something. You said the the term disruptive is is often... <laughs> You know, used it's it's used often and it's sometimes abused in the, uh, especially with with technology startup companies and, and in the medical device space as well. And this is something I always touch on, um, uh, but but something I wanted to bring up is is if you have a PMA submission, you are truly disruptive right. technology. Um, you know, there's nothing there's there's been nothing like it. Um, and, and even, even to de novo to a certain extent as well, you know, that would be classified into disruptive. That means you can't find a predicate. Um, you know, so, so those two, you, you can never, th those two are truly, you're able to use the term disruptive and there's nothing against a 510k. There are disruptive 510ks, but from a regulatory stance, you are arguing that you are substantially equivalent to something else on the market. Right. So you can't possibly be that disruptive. So right. you know, I, I think that's really cool that 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 your company took that. Uh, hold on, I'm getting uh, some noises here from a phone. I gotta I gotta silence that, or it's gonna annoy me. Um, but but that's you know that's really cool that a startup company said you don't see a lot that that take these deep dives into a PMA, PMA submission. It's a big risk, but it pays off. So that's that's really really cool. Yeah, and I didn't have an idea, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know how to spell PMA when I joined yeah. this company. I didn't know what to, you know, all the different regulatory clinical, but I learned for 10 years, I crawled all over the company, regulatory, clinical, mm -hmm. uh, engineering, purchasing, CAPAs. It was a great experience, but yeah. I, I had no idea how difficult anybody that, you know, it, it's actually good not to know the, the trials and tribulations it takes to get a device cleared via the PMA process, because if you did, it would, you be, scary. Do it. <laughs> it would be scary. But in the end, yeah. I met some of the patients our device helped. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you see a child fall to the ground with epilepsy and, and you know your device is helping them, it's, 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 it's world changing, you know, because as an engineer, we get a paycheck in a way that no cash could ever equivalent to because our skills, whatever. And I was just a small person in this company. I will, you know, again, I wasn't the founder or anybody important, mm-hmm. but we were part of a team that were literally saving people's lives. And, yeah. you know, that's, it was, it was awe-inspiring for me. And it's one reason why I decided to stay in the med tech industry is that, you know, whatever skills I have, you know, helps improve the human condition in a very, very small amount, amount of ways. Yeah, no, definitely. So, so you got bit by the bug, the, the medical device bug there, right? So then where did you, is that when you, did you go from there to? Yeah. So that, that entrepreneurialism kicked in again. And I thought I I really learned as much as I could at Cyberonics and and the company was in transition. So I left and started a life science division and a NASA contractor going after medical device software. So, and then I had the opportunity to build a quality management system, you know, ISO 1345 from scratch, along with all the software tools, cap equipment, tracking, doc control uh, complaints. And Mm -hmm. so we did. Um, And, and that's really where Galen, the idea of Galen was, was discovered in that, you know, I tried to solve this problem 15 years ago for cyberonics, but you know, nobody had cell phones like they do now. The technology mm-hmm. just wasn't there. But most medical devices aren't connected to the internet. <clears throat> and I tried to solve that for Cybronics, and it just, it just, the logistics just weren't there. Well, when I went to this new company and started the life science division, companies were coming to us with a problem. And we saw a fundamental paradigm shift in the market is that they wanted connectivity. And to be competitive in a connected world now, you have to have con- connectivity. So we built these FDA compliant databases and it took us six to nine months and a half a million dollars. And we built one, we built two, we built three or four. And each time we had to turn over all the software to the equipment manufacturer and literally start back over. And so we started up, we saw a pattern, a repeatable pattern. And then early stage companies came to us and they had a, a very novel medical device and they wanted to connect to an FDA compliant cloud and they couldn't afford that half million dollar price. And so, you know, not being the smartest people in the world, we did identify a pattern and said, we're, we're getting service revenue, a half million dollars a clip to build these. At the same time, we can't service part of the segment of this market. So we took a leap of faith and we formed Galen Data based off service revenue and an opportunity in the market that wasn't being served. And we incorporated and we poured, essentially, there was no real discovery for us. We've built these systems. We had, by that time, we had probably 30 to 40, 50 years of medical device experience that we poured into Galen. And, and we did. So we took a leap of faith and we created the Galen platform and been running ever since. Cool. So let's, let's really dive into the details of the, of the, of the platform. Um, you know, I see the picture behind you there. And I know when we first talked, uh, you kind of walked me through a little bit of that. And it's a, it's a really good marketing piece because it describes all of what, you know, you guys can do. So you just want to kind of break that down for the listeners. I mean, understanding that there there's a video portion of this, but, but most people are listening to this, you know, via audio. Sure. So I go back to the, the thesis of why Galen exists. Most medical devices aren't connected. And Galen wants to be the conduit to make that change. And so you just can't, you know, if you have a coffee pot and you want to connect it to the internet, there's tools out there. And, and I, you know, I, I told around with these tools and, and played with them, you know, cause I'm a hobbyist electro- with, with electronics and electrical engineering, but that's not true for medical device. So if you want to do medical device, you, you have to follow the FDA compliance regulations, design controls, you know, and there's something 820.30, you're well aware of that. 
there's a quality management system called ISO 1345. So from day one, Galen was purpose built for the medical device industry. Uh, and we, we had our ISO certification within about a year of, of our existence. And then there's a half a dozen other guidance documents that we have to comply with, medical device software standards, um, risk analysis. And so one of the analogies I like to use is that when you build up a sales organization, you have to go out and buy salesforce.com typically, right? But you don't build salesforce.com from scratch, you configure it to your needs. Galen is purpose built for the medical device industry. Galen is the salesforce.com, but hyper, hyper focused on the medical device industry and we're compliant with all the regulations. And one way we prove that is through our ISO certification. So we take care of cybersecurity, we're a turnkey system. So we provide visualization, logins, and, and we are the, we wanna be the de facto uh, compliant platform for medical device connectivity. And then that's vision one. And then vision two is doing predictive analytics, which we'll talk about later. Okay, cool. So, so this is really, um... A cloud, then, right? I mean, if if, if to, to to break it down to the basics for people, um, you're providing a, a a cloud that they can that someone can connect their medical device to, um, if they're looking to do that. Think of it. Yes, we are. We're absolutely okay. cloud, but think of it more as a cloud platform. We often get mm -hmm. Chris. Why do I need Galen when I can connect to Amazon Web Services? That's also HIPAA. HIPAA is just a one percent piece of that pie that you need for FDA compliance. Right. We're the we are all the business rules, the applications, the GUIs, the applications, the interfaces, the cybersecurity we're built on. And that's honestly why people mm -hmm. in the previous life we were building these clouds on top of AWS, but it cost a half a million dollars in resources and time to build everything else that you need. Okay. So that's really cool. So they, they could be so 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 you have the framework. Uh, and it can be tailored to individual customers, right? So customer A and customer B might have a totally different feel to, to what Galen is for them, correct? Right, absolutely. Okay. And, and our patent, and if you can, you can search our patent out, it's not been issued yet, but it's pending. And the whole, I think the genius, and a lot of it goes to our CTO, uh, is that we have a data modeler that you create a virtual data model of, of the data you want to transfer. So if you've ever used SolidWorks, where you create a 3D model, 3D printers, but you first you start with a, a virtual model. We're no different. We create a virtual model of the data that manages and houses that data. And, and from that, we generate the software libraries that you use in your medical device to transmit the information back and forth. Okay, very cool. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, and, and, and you know, I consider you an expert, you know, in this, in this cloud connect connectivity um, uh, space. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, where is the industry going? Um, and, and, you know, I, I know you're going to bring up the machine learning AI and, and the algorithms and making sense of some of the data that's coming into the cloud. So, so you can kind of touch on that as well, but yeah, where I, I think, let me let me lead into the question even a little bit more. Uh, where I'm get going with this is, there's no doubt the medical device industry is going to benefit from being connected to the cloud and and being able to connect these devices. So let's talk about a little bit where the industry is going. I'm sure COVID played a lot into this, and you know, to even pulling this forward in a vacuum. Uh, so maybe lay the groundwork there of what you've yeah. been seeing and where's it going. And in Galen, and just for the record, Galen was formed, you know, four years before COVID. Mm -hmm. But I think COVID, and, and to borrow your words, it is going to pull things forward. 
Um, you know, back in the day, there was risk in connectivity. Um, and big medical device companies, even small, the risk was too high. But you have a check engine light when you when you drive to work or school and that engine light goes off, you either have a low tire pressure or there's something wrong with your engine, right? Mm-hmm. The equivalent of a check engine light does not exist in the medical device world. And why is that? So if, if you have a son, and congratulations again, I understand you're on it, you're having your yeah, yeah. new baby, but yeah. imagine that baby's now 14, 15 years old and he has an EpiPen and he discharges or he, she discharges that EpiPen. As a parent, wouldn't you want to know about it? A drug mm-hmm. pump, you know, insulin gets low. Wouldn't you want to know about it? Uh, a heart pump, we can use analytics to, to sense when heart pumps are going to fail. Mm-hmm. When in a previous life, we would have lead breaks. There is something called a twiddler syndrome where patients would, would twiddle the lead underneath the skin and it would fracture the lead. We wouldn't know about it for months. And if that therapy stops delivering the, the dosing, the disease state returns. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to know that? And so I think now that we all are growing up in a connected world, medical device companies will have to be connected one, it just makes sense to get access to the data to know when your device fails, and then to predict health issues, to predict, you know, we, we have companies or something called medical devices of software, and we know that there's algorithms that can predict cancer, and some of those are our customers. And so, you know, wouldn't you want to know when that health issue is with your, your son or your, your loved one or when that device fails? And, mm-hmm. and Galen wants to be the platform to make that happen. And not do we want, we are doing it. And so we have, we're Galen's post revenue. So this isn't theoretical for us. We're, we're in the business of connecting medical devices and we're moving out on that. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you say to the people who, um, cause you, you have to run across them who are like, well, I don't want all my data out there. I don't want all my data out there. Cause I know what I say to them. Uh, but I'd be curious of, of, to, 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 you know, to the discussion you have with, with the people who are skeptical of having, you know, their, their medical data in the cloud. And I'm doing air quotes because right. you, you hear people talk like this. So, so what's your response to that? So Galen is data agnostic. Okay. We, we don't regulate, we don't dictate what data gets exchanged. If, if Dwayne, say you're the CEO of that heart pump company and mm-hmm. you only want to tra- transmit a, a serial number, a three literal patient identification and a vibration sensor, you can do that. That's your choice. And, and Galen doesn't care. Mm-hmm. The way our data models work is you you send one piece of data or you send a thousand pieces of data. It's your okay. choice. So the choice is on the manufacturer, not Galen. Mm-hmm. And so the manufacturer decides, you know, if they want to only, you know, send a couple pieces of data that there's no way to identify, that's fine. Yeah. If they want to send patient social security number, that's fine. Galen is secure and ensures all that. We, we offload that burden of cybersecurity, protection, backup, HIPAA you know, everything you need for security. But, you know, again, it goes back to the check engine light example is that yes, there's risk in connectivity, but I think in today's world, there's far greater risk in not knowing the state of your device, not knowing the state of health that that device is treating. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I tell people this all the time. Um, They're like, well, I don't want them knowing where I am, or I don't want this. I don't want them to know about this. And it's like, they already know, you know, do you have one of these? (laughs) <laughs> do right. you have Facebook? You know, do you have any social media? I mean, it's just, it's already out there. So, and, and this, this seems so relevant to me is, is, um, you know, how many people don't even know who manufactures um, a, a device they have? Like, 
you know, I, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, you, you can ask people, oh, who makes your pacemaker? I don't know. Who makes right. your hip implant? I don't know. Oh, I mean, that even that elementary level. And now you're talking about saying, um, oh, I know when my hip implant is wearing down. Oh, great. Right. Because it's transmitting data. So to your point, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of wild <laughs> that well, you don't have that. We used to, and, and you're still required today to put x-ray tags in your implantable device. And so you'd have to go get an x-ray and then you'd have to get that image through the x-ray and then try to map it to some chart to identify the device. Yep. If you're connected, you have all that. You have exact, you know who manufactured it, you know the date of implant, you know the date of last therapy. It just makes sense. And mm -hmm. we're not, you know, we're not a big brother. I mean, it, we don't, it's the manufacturer that decides what data gets exposed and it's all configurable. Through the, through the user interface, you can send a piece of data to a patient a manufacturer or the physician that's all configurable through the platform yeah no custom code yeah it's pretty cool i mean so i'll give i'll give one example i wear and i and i've given this example before in the podcast but this is your first time listening i'm going to give it again i wear this whoop band right and this is a company that's maybe out of boston i forget um and and, and basically you know they measure cardiovascular strain on your your body um and and that's their really claim to fame i believe if I, I i have to read more about it and i'm not an expert in whoop this isn't an advertisement for whoop but the one thing that they really that's that i thought was really cool was during covid they monitor respiratory rate mm -hmm. and they can look at changes in that and and tell you on their algorithm based on that is to say hey your respiratory rate has increased you might be getting sick Right. Um, and, and that was, you know, really big during COVID. I said, Oh, this is pretty cool. There was a couple times where I think mentally I was like messing with myself. Cause I was overthinking it. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I feel good. Do I have COVID? And then I'd go on my, on my watch and everything checked out. You know, I was recovering well, I was sleeping well, my respiratory rate was good. My resting heart rate was still the same. And I'm like, Oh, Dwayne, you're just psyching yourself out. It's kind of cool that they could do so that. Did you find value in that? I found a ton of value in that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why Galen exists is, is mm -hmm. to make that value for everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really, really cool. Um, so what else do you see going on in that industry in terms of, you know, in, in terms of this connected, um, you know, cloud interface is, is, do you see anything else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so it, it is a fundamental paradigm shift. I mean, it's mm -hmm. most medical devices aren't connected and we are seeing measurable differences in that. But the, the real game changer is, is our goal is to build a platform, which we've done, get devices connected, which we have done and are continue to do. Mm -hmm. But when we, we start to grow out the analytics, the machine learning, the predictive, you know, analysis of this data, we build out the data lakes and, you know, the manufacturers own the data but we want to provide a generic toolbox as much as possible. I, I studied artificial intelligence in my graduate work and I haven't done a lot of it professionally, but I know, you know, you know, back then I wrote a little speech program that just identified 12 words to turn a cursor around. Now, you know, we have all these tools that are really good at speech recognition. Yeah. And so it, it took, you know, it took some time, but they work now. And so imagine, you know, being able to do predictive health, predictive device maintenance, that's unbounded and that's going to be a game changer. Uh, and there's no limit to what we can achieve there. Now, and, and from the FDA, I know you have a regulatory background. And so when I write a spec, it has to be a very definable spec, verification, test cases, and all that. And we get that cleared by the FDA as part of our design history file. But some of this AI and machine learning is trainable. 
And so this is going to be new grounds for the FDA is that right now they're not, I'm not aware of them clearing, you know, such as neural networks that you have to train. Uh, but once you train them, they're pretty, pretty good at detecting patterns. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is going to be a new frontier for the FDA and, and the device in, in, the, in our industry, in the med tech industry in general, is that, you know, we'll be able to do straightforward analytics, such as t- uh, testing by vib- detecting vibrations on a heart pump. We can do that now. That's pretty standard. So Galen will build out our generic analytic toolbox over time. But that really cool stuff, predicting health issues, you know, through x-rays, ultrasounds, and, and maybe doing composites of that information. Mm-hmm. It just, as an engineer, when I start thinking about that, it just, it gets really, really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, like you see, you brought up the FDA a little bit there and the regulatory environment around this, and it is new for them. Um, I, I'm of the opinion, and like this, I just, like I just said, this is an opinion um, that I don't think the regulatory uh, issues are going to be as high as everyone thinks, right? So I think where where regulatory folks, and, and as well as they should, um, get worried about software and, and, and medical devices when you hear that together is when you have a closed loop system, right? When there's maybe a device that has a sensor that reads your um, uh, uh, insulin levels, and then says, okay, it's low, I'm gonna dump more insulin in. And there's no real human input there. I think when you talk about like diagnostic tools like this or, or anything where you're saying, hey, I'm seeing a trend here and they ping the physician, I don't, I don't think they're really worried about that because that has human intervention, right? It's a right. tool that's aiding in diagnostic. So for me, you know, when I see companies like that and I say, oh, you know, if you can have some type of um, physician or, or care provider intervention, it makes that, that issue in, in, in regulatory that much easier, you know? Yeah, I you agree. Know. If you have a physician or a clinician in the loop, it's all mm-hmm. about man- managing risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're just providing them the information and they're involved in the decision process, and, and we'll do this in stages. And, and, uh, and I agree is that that will be probably the, the first wave of technology that gets approved is that there's still an expert that's in the loop, so to speak, mm-hmm. as an overseer. But over time, you know, we'll get better and smarter about that. But yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, 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 um, this is really helpful. Um, so, so what are some, like, what are some issues that you run into um, when you're trying to connect these devices? Like, is there anything that, that, that's a common, um, uh, roadblock or I should know not a roadblock. That's, that's a negative way of thinking of a speed bump. We'll call it, you know, are there, are there speed bumps that you run into a lot as you're trying to connect these devices? So yes and no. Some of the speed bumps, okay. I mean, Galen is still, we're four or five years in existence. Um, mm-hmm. we're still growing out of the platform. So, I mean, we have, we, we service all segments of the market from the, from the small innovative technology, uh, and, and that's kind of the really cool thing is that as an engineer, I get to see a lot of new technology. And one of our missions, Galen's mission, is to help this innovative technology get to a market better, faster, and cheaper. And, and, and we're doing that because you don't have to spend that million dollars on infrastructure. You spend that million dollars on your core th- therapy, on your, on your device, on your secret sauce, so to speak, and you save that infrastructure. So that's one of Galen's missions. But we're, we're, continuing to add capability. Uh, we're not 100% self, 
servicing yet. Um, that's our goal. Uh, but some we've had some customers get up in a couple of days. Some mm -hmm. take a couple of weeks. So not all onboarding is linear. Uh, yeah. We're figuring that out, but we're moving in the right direction. And we're and our wrestle is is and I've learned this from a previous platform is is that you know when a when somebody in in our ecosystem needs a feature, we just don't do it immediately. We have to balance that with everybody else's needs and conflicting requirements. Uh, but all our features now are driven from our customer base and potential customer base. But you know we're a small company; we have limited resources, so I'm, I'm constantly battling you know, the resources I have today with where I want to be tomorrow. And that's a challenge, but uh, we've done pretty well at, at what we've done, but the opportunity is just huge in front of us. And when, when we're, we're starting to touch on the analytics and machine learning, artificial intelligence, and that's very exciting, but we, you know, we need more resources to grow better, faster, and cheaper on all that. Mm -hmm. So have you seen, um, you know, I think a lot of times, and, and you had mentioned this before, um, being connected uh, was looked at by companies as, you know, expensive. Um, however, you know, I would assume just looking at it and, and, and this is a question to you is do, do a lot of, you know, based on your interactions with companies are, are investors and stakeholders in these companies starting to look at being connected to the cloud and being able to do these kind of analytics, are they starting to see it as, yeah, it might cost money, but it's adding substantially more no. value. Is absolutely. that kind of how you're seeing it? Oh, absolutely. And you, okay. you brought up an investor. I mean, imagine a firm that has a portfolio of 15 or 30 customers, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. companies. And mm -hmm. and each one of, or half of those companies have to build out their own cloud and, and spend a million dollars. Why spend that million dollars if you come to Galen at a fraction of the price time? And we also drive down risk. Every day Galen exists, we drive down risk. You know, the true test of software is time. And so mm -hmm. the more time we put on our software, the more people bang on it, we just continue to drive down risk. So imagine you being a, an investor, a VC, and, and, and some really bright engineer, scientist, physician come to you and says, I have this idea, but cloud is a, my AI. The, 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 the cloud, medical devices are limited in horsepower and data storage. That's just a fact because they're embedded devices, right? Mm -hmm. the, the image behind me, the, the cloud, effectively is unbounded by horsepower effectively and data storage you know it's inelastic i can grow that out and so when i need to do that sophisticated algorithm processing i collect the data from my device i send it to the cloud then i can munch and crunch on that data all long all day long with with unlimited resources so if i'm an investor in a company why wouldn't i utilize the salesforce.com of medical device and reuse that and, and, and save that precious capital on my therapy, on my device. Right. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Um, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great analogy to use. I think people are, especially companies are very familiar with, with, with Salesforce and, and even, you know, uh, when I went from company, my old company to the new company and use their CRM platform, it's the same CRM platform and it feels different you know, but it also feels the same, right. um, you know, so at the same time, which is really nice. Right. And, and, and that's a big, um, big market advantage for you, uh, that you're, you're focused on a niche area. And, you know, I tell people that a lot too, uh, when, when, when companies are looking for, um, consultants, um, services, you know, places like yourself, uh, you know, find the ones that have done it before. Um, you know, they have a lot of experience. They can call on that. Um, the medical device industry 
is is a really niche market and and it has different nuances um than than a lot of others there's a lot of similarities but but it has different nuances so you need to use that and and your big pit your big pitch is regulatory for sure you know right. i mean well yeah. and one of those nuances is that you know medical technology is going global and so mm-hmm. Galen has international customers. Uh, and the cool part of my job is I get to speak to people all over the world. Australia is almost the exact opposite. <laughs> so one of us is staying till 8 p.m. at night, which is usually me. Yeah. Uh, but if I want to deploy to Europe, so some of our, all our international customers now have decided to enter the U.S. market first. It's just a matter of time before they go to Europe. When we go across the pond, their regulations state that we have to have a server in country. Mm-hmm. With our infrastructure, it's easy. We just deploy a new implementation literally in a different country. And so those countries that demand local servers in country, Galen already has that figured out. And, and, and we want to offload that burden. Imagine if you built your own cloud, you have to maintain the physical servers in the United States and outside the United States, and you have to maintain the personnel to support that. Galen offloads all that, that responsibility off you and let us manage that. That's amazing. It's amazing for startup companies, even more specifically, because you need to keep your headcount and your cost down. And this Absolutely. is a really good way of doing it, just to be able to plug into someone else's system. So it's really cool. Something else I wanted to talk about, and and um, it's 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 bigger than med tech. It's I'll call it health tech, but it's 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 our evolution of uh, healthcare in in across the globe. Right, and th- and this is something I talked to a guest of mine. His name was um, Alan Gold, and his podcast is not released as we're recording this, but will be re- will be released by the time your podcast is your interview is is aired. And he's from Israel, and something he talked about was a little bit of the connect- connectivity over there. Right, something that is a huge issue in in healthcare. Uh, and I'll just say, yeah, I can't speak to other countries, but I just, I could speak to the U S is, is the exchanging of data. Right. And the fact that that's still an issue is like mind boggling to me. Um, but we're talking about, you know, connecting and medical devices. It's the same thing. Right. Um, so, so something that you can do over there is what he was explaining to me, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I'll, I'll try to get the, the meat of it out is you can have pretty much all your health records on your smartphone um, in, in some, you know, it's, and it's, it's through an app, it's on a cloud and you go to the hospital, it could be accessed. doesn't matter what healthcare system it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's agnostic, right? So if they need to get something or understand something about you, it's right there. That's a problem here. Um, yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's my sister just had um, some, some surgery done um, laparoscopic surgery and she had to have some, you know, pain medication afterwards. And even within that own system, like we, we told them, Hey, she's sensitive to this drug. Like she can't have this. What drug did she get? That same drug, you know, and that's, that's in her system in a different healthcare system. So, so this is like, we're, we're talking about connectivity and connecting medical devices. You take it one step further. Healthcare has to be connected better. Right. It's a huge problem. It's really annoying. Um, you know, that even within their own healthcare systems, like it's, it's a problem, let alone the Cleveland clinic doesn't talk to university hospital system. You know, right. it's, it's so mind boggling to me. Yeah. No, it's so, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, 
there is amazing technology coming out of Israel. We're talking to a number of customers and we hope to mm-hmm. sign one soon. Uh, the engineering is, is, is phenomenal, but to deploy to the United States, you have to deal with our regulations. And so there's a balance in, in one mm-hmm. of the product roadmaps of Galen and half our customers requests and go back to that heart pump. Most medical devices don't transmit information directly into electronic health records. Galen was architected to be compliant. There's a standard called HL7 and FHIR, spelled F-H-I-R. Galen is compliant with those standards. Um, half our customers have requested that, but because of COVID and a few other things, none of them are, are ready. But to help offset some of that, those issues is that it's always been in the vision of Galen is that that information from the medical device transmits to the Galen cloud and then seamlessly gets transmitted into the electronic health records of the world. Now it's a non-trivial wow. problem. It's very, mm-hmm. you know, they're all very siloed, but that will happen. And that's in our near future for Galen. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And like I said, I think that's, that's, that's really beneficial. So I'm excited to see where this, this part of the industry takes off, not just in med tech, but like I said, in, in, in healthcare and health tech in general, um, because the, the more connected it gets, I understand it, it there's, there's risk for hackers and, and all this other stuff, but, but it does, I think the, the positives outweigh the negatives right. or the risks at least. Yeah. Um, Great. So before I move on to, I want to ask some advice that, you know, for, for startup companies in the med device space, because uh, you're, you're working with a lot of them. Is there anything I missed in terms of, of, of Gallon, in terms of the cloud connecting medical devices? Is there anything else you can think of that, that I might've brushed over on accident there? No, I think you hit on it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the two questions, this job wakes me up at three 30, almost every morning. Uh-huh. It's, there's a lot to think about, but you know, I come back to the two questions. Do you think we're going to have more connected health in the future? And do you think we're going to have more mobile, more mobile health that, that, that wearable tech you're wearing, do you think that's mm-hmm. the future and there's going to be more of it? I think the answer is yes to both of those. And, and Galen wants to be there to help. Cool. Cool. Um, Great. So let's talk about a little bit about, you know, just generalities in the med tech industry. You know, what, what's some of your best advice if, if, if I'm a entrepreneur, if I'm an innovator listening and I'm looking out adventuring off of my own, or I'm already part of a smaller company, or even if I'm at a large company and I'm working on a new product, you know, what's, what's some of the big advice you have for these companies? So always, sometimes we lose sight of the bigger picture. Cause I mean, with medical device, as a software engineer, we don't like to document. Mm-hmm. And if you don't document, it doesn't exist. An auditor, right. if there's no objective evidence, I don't care if you did it. If you don't have a written piece of paper with test cases, design, risk analysis, so you have to provide the objective evidence. That's just part of it. And and sometimes it's a grind just just doing all the documentation, design reviews, and everything. But I always step back to my interaction with patients. And our founder, one of the companies I used to work with, would bring in patients. And we, the med tech. And even if you're just one piece of that team, you are making a difference in patients' lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me as an engineer, just as a human being. And, and, and with the space program, it was the same, is that we are making a difference. And, and sometimes, I mean, our device literally saved a patient's life. And mm-hmm. how cool is that, right? So every once in a while, you have to step away from the grind and look at the bigger picture and say, look, MedTech is making a difference. The innovation that we're doing in this world is making a difference and so uh you know and, and actually sometimes the less you we never the cyberonics and i wasn't the founder of course but you know it took us 10 years to get our device cleared um 
and that was a grind. But in the end, you know, there's it's helped a lot of people. So, you know, and with Galen, there's no perfect opportunity. If you see, an, you know, position yourselves to, to, to find that opportunity and then jump in with both feet, it's scary. Um, you'll lose sleep, at least I have. But in the end, you know, it's really cool doing something that maybe somebody, somebody else hasn't done, helping people and then making a buck all at the same time. And so, you know, learn, these podcasts are great. You know, I, I got, you're doing an awesome job and there's real content Thank in these you. podcasts. And so I've learned a few things. Um, so soak it up. And, and if you, if you have any desire to give back, the med tech industry is perfect for that. Yeah. Now uh, you summed it up. Perfect. I mean, I, I feel the same way about the, uh, the med tech industry, you know, like we've talked about, uh, is it, is it, uh, a longer, you know, if you're, if you're really business driven, um, and you're really entrepreneurial, is, is this a tougher industry to, to have a startup company? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, you're not going to generate revenue for a long time in most cases, or at least multiple years, but, but that's okay though. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's exciting. I think the people in the med tech industry are great. And I think you'll find that a lot of people want to give back to the industry in some way. So I, I couldn't agree more with your statement, but I want to add a different twist to it. Um, mm -hmm. because medical device usually involves electronics, software, <clears throat> you know, capacitors, inductors, you know, all that. And yeah. that just takes time and money, you know, manufacturing. But there's, there's new opportunities where you can do things in the medical device industry with just software. Galen, yeah. I think, so Galen isn't your traditional medical device company with manufacturing laser welders and markers and sterilization. That's not Galen. Galen was unique in that we actually were making, we had our first income within a year and a half, two years of our existence. That's highly unusual for a medical device company. But I think there's opportunity um, in, and bringing that revenue in sooner than later through, you know, software innovation, technology, artificial, artificial intelligence. If you can focus on, on some of the machine learning aspects of the medical device, there is opportunity to generate revenue sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point. I, I, I you're hundred percent right there. Um, awesome. Um, let me think here. You have any other, other, either, uh, any other pieces of advice for, for, for med tech startups? Yeah, just do it. Jump in, yeah. learn. Um, you know, funding is always a challenge. Um, one of the mistakes I made uh, informing Galen is that my friends are engineers, pilots, scientists, and a couple astronauts. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't make uh, relationships with the financial community. Uh, I did hang out at some, you know, accelerators in entrepreneurial spaces, but I could have done that sooner mm -hmm. and start and, and, and just learn about the industry, learn what a convertible note is, learn what a discount is, learn what a safe is, learn what a cap table is. Um, I had an idea, but I learned a lot after forming Galen in that. And so, you know, if you do want to do the startup, the engineering is very, very important. The regulatory and clinical is very important. But also when you can try to learn the business side and the finance side of it too, it, it mm -hmm. will make you more rounded. Yeah, no, that's, uh, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good, uh, a good piece of advice. Um, okay. So one other question, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, the question is, is after COVID, we get back to, to, to normal routines. We're having conferences again. 
you know, Chris DuPont, you're at a conference. I've listened to the podcast. I have a company. I want to talk to you about gallon data. Um, but you know, we're at the social hour after we're having a beer or cocktail, whatever it might be. What are some other things that, uh, you're interested in outside of device that, that if I was to come up to and talk to you about, it might spur a good conversation. Well, first I'll shake your hand. I, 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 I love meeting people. I'm a people person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love learning about people's background and engineer experiences. I love meeting people from all over the world. So uh, please come up and say hi. I'll buy you a beer, you know, if I have mm -hmm. budget for it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dog person. I had a Weimar honor uh, in a previous life. Uh, okay. I'm an aviator. I was hardcore pilot for about 10 years. Okay. Uh, I'm a hobbyist. I mentored for robotics at the intermediate. There's a program called BEST. Uh, and, and, and honestly, some of the things I've learned from intermediate high school robotics has played into Galen. But you know, giving back to the STEM world, the science and technology, engineering, math, robotics are for everybody. And, and you learn, you know, you have a, a limited resource schedule and budget, you know, getting involved in robotics early, I think is a great primer for medical device. And so mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's cool. Cool. So I like any it. Any of those subjects you want to talk about. <laughs> Uh, just uh, I like not it. the Astros or, or the Texans yeah. this year. We'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll okay. pass on that until next year. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just going to ask that too. So you're, you're where at Houston, Texas. Yeah. So Houston's okay. big, uh, yeah. but we're down by NASA in the, what we call the clear Lake area. So we, okay. we're, we're, we're within the Houston address, but we're, yeah, we're in clear Lake by NASA. Okay. Very cool. Um, awesome. And real quick before I let you go, um, uh, Galen data, ag, you know, agnostic in terms of who you work with, right? It doesn't matter Correct. where you are geographically anywhere in the world. Correct. Perfect. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. So yeah, hang on for just a second. We'll do a quick download after, but I'm going to stop the recording here. Um, look, Chris, I really appreciate your time. There's a lot here. Uh, thanks for explaining to, to me, the listeners, you know, what, what you, what you guys do, how you can help. And, uh, you know, I hope, hopefully some of the listeners are, are in the market for something like this and will take advantage of, of your expertise. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, reach out at any time, Chris at galendata.com. Yeah. Uh, love to have a conversation and thank you for the opportunity to share a little backstory with Galen. It was fun. I enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and, and just so everyone knows too, if you, if you look up or up or down an inch, depending on where you're listening, I'll have Chris's, uh, a hyperlink to Chris's LinkedIn, uh, Galen's website, you know, whatever it might be. So just look there if you want to get in touch with them, or you can just search, you know, Chris DuPont and on LinkedIn, connect with him and send him a message. So Chris really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. If you need anything from the podcast, you can always contact us at projectmedtechpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.